Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're also joined by our friend Pete from Making Star Wars. Pete, welcome back to the show. Uh, nice to be with you guys again. Yeah, we're glad to yeah. have you. Glad uh, to have you back. It's been a while. I think uh, we had Aaron on last week, and it had been a while for him, too, so we're good to have all, everybody back on again. It's been too long. It's always fun exactly. to talk Star Wars with you. Definitely. Now, this week, we'll be talking about episode 16 of Rebels Season 2, titled Shroud of Darkness. But first, there's a ray of hope eliminating our Shroud of Darkness that William's going to talk about. Does it happen to be blue? It, <laughs> Sorry. You know what? It's a blue ray. Exactly. Yeah, I just Steven, are you finished with your puns? <laughs> To be, I want you to know, when I said ray of light, I was not trying to make a pun of any sort. Uh, a terrible sorry, segue, I, yes. A pun I don't no. believe you. I can't. That's, that, so, sorry, I was, sorry, guys. Maybe my subconscious I, was trying. I don't know. I, I, I'm sorry, guys. I'm kind of in that mode from today, so I will try to keep it to a minimum. Um, but I do know that, William, I'm taking your thunder, so I wanted to go ahead and make the announcement. Yeah, so... Um... Lucasfilm finally announced that uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens will be released for digital download on April 1st. It's not a joke. And then on uh, on Blu-ray April 5th. And there's all the uh, the usual uh, special features that you come to expect. And uh, I think Target probably has the most interesting uh, version with 20 extra minutes of bonus footage. Mm-hmm. Um, but, That's uh, documentary, yeah. right? Yeah, I think so. It was just some sort of documentary that was... anyway. Uh, I'm very, very excited about this. Uh, I figure I'll probably go see it one more time in theaters for my 15th time before it leaves. Wow. It's, it's, it's almost <laughs> wow. done. It's almost out. I know I'm crazy. Uh, Was never in doubt. And then, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be great. So uh, I am looking forward to it. Now, have you factored in how much money you've sent to Disney by seeing it 15 times? I don't want to think about it. <laughs> and that doesn't include the marathon. <laughs> wow. Jeez. Wow. Uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, wow. so uh, Tom, what are, you, what are we going to be reviewing this week? Well, this week we're going to be reviewing Rebel Season 2, Episode 16, Shroud of Darkness. This was written by Henry Gilroy and was directed by Sal, Ru- Sal Ruiz. The synopsis. Kanan, Ezra, and Ahsoka return to the Jedi Temple on the fall to find out how the Inquisitors have continually been able to track the Rebels. Seeking the advice of Yoda, who is once again voiced by Frank Oz, the three will experience powerful visions that reveal the future, the past, and old friends long gone. I I found this episode very interesting because it, it began very abruptly and it ended abruptly. I don't know if we've had an episode so far that has done it that way may be wrong but what do you guys think oh i know when i saw the preview for in rebels recon uh last week i was like oh okay so sometime in the middle of the episode we're gonna be fighting the inquisitors and then something will probably happen and the, you know the heroes will continue doing their thing no we just started right as they were fighting the inquisitors with no uh 
context whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the beginning was particularly abrupt because you know the I mean, the episode starts and it's mid mid fight with uh, the the two inquisitors on uh, Usalon Mesa, and uh, you know Ezra and Kanan are, are fighting them off, and it, it, it was very interesting because you know uh, we don't really get an intro to it. Uh, Ezra gets kicked off the side of the cliff and is hanging there for his life. Uh, Kanan's trying to rescue him, and mm-hmm. uh, and all of a sudden, boom! We get the uh, the rebels logo. And it comes back, you know, a couple seconds later, and he's again hanging out the cliff. So uh, they kind of threw us right in, gave us a very quick, very abrupt cliff, cliffhanger, and then uh, got right back to it. Yeah, and but did it said, work? Oh yeah, and you know what? They had a lot to get through in this episode. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, sorry to cut you off, Pete. Well, yeah, I was just gonna say I think part of the reason they did that was that they knew the the episode was gonna be very dialogue heavy. There's going to be a lot of exposition in the episode, so they needed to open it up with a little bit of action to balance it out. Yeah. Because if you think about it, the only other real action we see in the film is the brief duel later on between Kanan and the uh, the Temple yeah. Guard. No, you are, de- you are definitely right about that. So I, they kind of yeah. needed something. It also serves to emphasize Ezra's continuing connection with uh, nature and the force around him. Mm-hmm. As we see him again, you know, uh, bring up some sort of I don't know, manta ray. Yeah, it was a flying creature. Yeah, that flying, flying creature. creature. Yeah. It, it was the uh, the Tibbetes that we saw earlier when they went when uh, they tried to mate with the uh, the shuttle. Yes. Oh, is it, was it the same creature? Yep. Yeah. Oh. yeah it was the Tibbetes. Interesting. The to be determines. Haha, <laughs> 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 well, very funny. I, I, I'm not, I do like that's how... That's where it came from. That's where the name came from. That's too funny. But yeah. Anyway. Sorry, Tom, you were saying? Yeah, I was going to say, I I understand everything. It jumped in abruptly, but at least you had the idea that they were there still. They're looking for a rebel base. And it appears, again, this does kick off to how they're constantly being tracked, like, you know, the uh, summation of the episode set. So it really did, just in that little bit, cover a lot of stuff, but really brief and quick. And I have to say that opening battle is far more enjoyable when you realize that Freddie Prince Jr., who voices Kanan, is yep. married to Sarah Michelle Geller, who voices the Seventh Inquisitor. Yeah. 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 So, you know, what? Yeah, yeah, had... Sorry, go ahead, Pete. Uh, I was going to say, they had a really fun exchange there um, when they were going back and forth. And I like the fact that she, uh, he said something along the lines of, I'm not into the crazy girls anymore. <laughs> Mm-hmm. implying that Kanan's got some uh, rather crazy ex-girlfriends in the past. Mm-hmm. And she she comes back with a good one saying, oh, such a pretty face. I go for brains, and then she releases that little droid, and he, the droid climbs on top of his head. <laughs> like she actually wants to take his brains or something. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, definitely creepy. Great great little moment there. Yeah, yeah. and also the, and, chore- and, the, the choreography of that fight scene I, was very cool. I was about to say, we got to yeah. see some more, uh, you know, I think it was two weeks ago, we saw the uh, battle where Ezra and, or not the battle, the run escape where Ezra and Kanan are kind of throwing each other down the long hallway mm-hmm. through the doors. And here we got to see them do the same thing, but this time uh, while in the middle of a fight, which is obviously quite impressive. Yeah. It, it very much reminded me of something that you'd see in like comic books, like the X-Men when they do like the teamwork moves together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they they did that they had that one moment where they did like that sort of tag move. You know they're doing more and more of that. They had mm-hmm. one of those last was it last week too when they uh, when Kanan threw Ezra down the corridor. 
Mm-hmm. They do like to do a lot of those, the, those you know, hey, I'm going to grab you, fling you down the down the hall or, you know, uh, or, or up off the edge of the cliff toward the, the enemies of it. Mm-hmm. It makes for an interesting fight scene, too. We don't we haven't seen as much of that in the other Star Wars films. Yeah, uh, because it really shows the two of them really beginning to work together on really using the force. And, and they're yeah, they're gelling very well together. Yeah. So I, I, I enjoy that quite a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah Which I no, go ahead. I would say the the one thing that seems a little odd to me is they, there's a comment about how the Inquisitors have been hunting down the crew of the Ghost for you know this entire time, and that that's you know they causing com- tons of problems and issues. But that like we haven't seen them in forever. In fact, they've been distinctly absent. I'd say from the second half of the season. Well, and and I could. I'll look at it this way. Is it possible that it's one of those where they're just stories that are yet to be told and we're looking at, let's say, some time has passed between the last episode and this one, let's say about a month and a half, and that's where all this is happening? It, it could be, but, you know, in a show where they're, you know, I think the Inquisitors, they had a very big presence in the first half of, those, of the season where they were constantly um, uh, going after them. But ever since Future of the Force, where they uh, they were trying to steal the uh, the Force sensitive children, uh, we haven't seen them at all. That this was before the Leia episode uh, in the with the mid season break. This is before you know everything that's come after that. Um, so it's been I want to say a good eight episodes since we uh, since we last saw the Inquisitors. A long um, time. Yeah, it was a very, very long time. And so I, I totally agree with you, Stephen. It was a little odd how they're like, oh, they're they're always coming after us and finding out where we are since we haven't actually seen them or the threat of them in <laughs> a long time. Interesting. Well, I, I just kind of read it as because of the way the stories are progressing, that time has passed. So. Yeah. I, I do hope we continue to see them in... Uh, the last couple of episodes in this season, because as we see here, they're fantastic characters. Mm-hmm. And I th- I'd say they're one of the few credible threats to our heroes that we actually have at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I like to learn more about their backstory, too. Yeah. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting because we know we're going to see at least one more Inquisitor this season based on the season two second half trailer. So I, I wonder how much we're going to see of each of these Inquisitors going forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Will they be spaced out a bit more or, or, or what? I don't know. I, I do feel like the pacing has been a little bit odd this season, how they go from, I, I, I guess, because they, they put the, they, uh, they had the Inquisitors very, very active early on, and then we didn't see them like we just mentioned. And then we had a bunch of character-centric episodes, which were very enjoyable, some, some fantastic episodes in there. Uh, and then we get this one, uh, where I think things really start to build up, and then next week seems to be a very different tone, more uh, yep. seems to be a chopper centric episode, more of a humor, almost like the old R2 and 3PO episodes from the clone wars type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, that's just what it looks like based on the, the first quick trailer. But um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see if, if it kind of takes a different, because it has a different tone after all the, the revelations in this episode or, or if they, they pick up uh, from where they left off. Uh, we'll have to wait for next week to find out on that one. Mm-hmm. There are some 
descriptions that are surfacing spoiler wise on the internet so just be careful what you're oh yeah if you're searching around for it today i saw some pop-ups so some exciting stuff happening uh i stay away from all that stuff i have also noticed though that the the episode titles that have come out a couple times this season um have been completely wrong there was Mm -hmm. one i want to say midway through that were i think i want to say around december there were a few episode titles uh that were false and then even just a couple weeks ago, I think some more episode titles were supposedly leaked, uh, and those turned out to be incorrect as well. Hmm. So, I uh, never trust the, the internet. The accuracy, but still very exciting. The other exciting yeah. thing was, uh, you know, Kanan decides that uh, they, they they should go talk to uh, Ahsoka and, and figure out what to do about these Inquisitors because he feels like that he, you know, he can't protect the fleet with the Inquisitors finding uh, following them everywhere. So he goes and talks mm-hmm. to Ahsoka, and we see her watching um, the uh, a hologram of uh, Anakin you know, instructing uh, viewers uh, on how to fight with a lightsaber. And we learn that Ezra has been using this to to train. And it's a it's a really neat moment where you know Ahsoka kind of gets to reflect on Anakin, and well, she doesn't tell Ezra anything, but she you can see how much she she still cares for and, and Anakin and, and respects him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just by the way she talks and you know how how much she looked up to him and it also got Ezra to sit there and start admiring somebody it's like wow this is really cool look at this who is he so just just wait till we find out that he finds well, out that uh, he's one of the most evil characters in the galaxy <laughs> yeah we'll find yeah. that out at some point I, I I gotta say that I really enjoyed this because it's establishing something a little bit different in the new can than existed in the past, where in the past the holocrons were more of something the masters created and dumped their knowledge into. Uh-huh. Um, and this is this is Anakin. He's not a master at this point, but he's recording mm-hmm. stuff into holocrons. So that makes me wonder if we're going to see more Anakin, like either in like a diary form or in lesson forms or something in holocrons down the road uh, that might resurface. Good point. That'll be interesting. And, and really, we actually get to see more of Anakin in general in this time frame where I think in the past, like, nobody really knew of, of Anakin. And obviously, we're following a group of characters that have a holocron from him and who knew him personally. But, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the old EU, nobody ever mentioned really Anakin until Obi-Wan brought him up, it seems like. Now, here's an interesting thing. When the exchange between Ezra and Ahsoka was, was happening with the holocron, mm-hmm. um, she mentioned something about that the last time she saw him, he was going to save the chancellor. Where, where does that kind of fit in? That was interesting to hear that. Yeah, I, I liked, so they talked about this on Rebels Recon, which I'd recommend watching, of course. Okay, I yeah, have not seen it, so sorry about that. Oh, no, that's no, perfect. So I can gotta watch, so, always watch Rebels Recon. So Dave uh, I talks, do. I think it was Dave, or was it uh, Pablo that talks about this? So, I don't, either way, one of it them was, is talking about... Filoni, yeah. Okay, so he talks about how, you know, they had plans, obviously, for things after. And from Ahsoka's point of view, they have to act like those things happened, even though they weren't ever seen by the viewer. Like, Ahsoka would be like, oh, the last time I saw him was I left the temple. Mm-hmm. And then we later find out, like, oh, by the way, I saw him at this other point as well. And so she's going to mention it a lot. Like, he talked about, yeah, you know, she mentions it offhandly because that's the reality for her, even though the viewers don't know what she's talking about yet. Mm-hmm. It, Which that to it, me makes sense. That yeah. totally makes sense. And and I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say. I was just gonna say. I very much hope that we get to see more about 
what was the cause of this. I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think in that same episode, Dave Filoni said that, you know, he said Ahsoka wouldn't lie, you know, to, to your point. She was involved in a very important mission at the end of the Clone Wars. And I, I guess Dave Filoni was worried they wouldn't get to finish that story. But now they're going to do it in Rebels, um, mm-hmm. even if it's more kind of retelling what, what would have happened to the show, I guess. Um, now, if sorry to interrupt, William. No, please. Uh, if I recall correctly, in Revenge of the Sith, Obi-Wan and Anakin were off. They were away from Coruscant on some mission, right? And they had uh, yes. to come back to rescue the Chancellor. Yes. So presumably, well, there's that. None of that is canon anymore. Well, no, oh. because in the in the well, film no. he returns to the planet. Yeah. It's the first time he's been on the planet for a long, for a yeah. while. Right. So okay, I wasn't sure if that was actually stated in the film. Yeah, yeah. Because that's when the, he has a reuniting with Padme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it's the Outer Rim Siege somewhere, and Ahsoka was out with them, helping him with that mission. Is what they're talking about. So what it sounded like to me was not saving um palpatine okay so maybe, maybe i'm wrong here uh mm-hmm. the way i interpreted this scene was not the rescuing of palpatine uh at the very beginning of revenge of the sith i interpreted this mm-hmm. as you know he maybe i'm wrong here i could very well be he um this is the moment when when Anakin raced to Palpatine's office to rescue him from Mace Windu. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, that, would be that was the rescue of the Chancellor, right? Rescuing from the Jedi, which it would be a little backwards for Ahsoka to, I guess, to say it that way. So maybe she is referring mm-hmm. to the moment at the beginning. But I thought, wait, wait, yeah, wait. she saw him like as he was racing to Mace Windu. Like, was she trying to stop him, or what was going on there? I, I don't know. Or did he like right. call her and say like I'm gonna go do this really crazy thing? If something goes right. wrong, take care of Padme for me. <laughs> right, that's a possibility. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe, maybe the maybe the timing doesn't quite work out there, and you guys might be right. Maybe it's 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 referring to the outer rim sieges. But uh, I was like, so whoa, that would that's be, so awesome. <laughs> yeah, that would be really cool if that was the case. Yeah, because because they they did make a comment about Order sixty six after that. Uh, Soka did, but yeah. that, it could be. Uh, She's referring to, you know, well, that's the next major event that happened after the chance I was kidnapped, not, uh, you know, maybe. Oh, it's yeah, not right before Order later. 66. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, she kind of passed over the massacre of Order 66 and went right to, like, the purge after that, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, uh, yeah. I, one of the things I was initially confused by and later came to appreciate is, like, I was wondering why they went to Ahsoka in the first place. And then I realized, like, you know, Ahsoka's been on the run, essentially. Mm-hmm. hiding from the Inquisitors and company probably this entire time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. If anyone were to know how to hide from the Inquisitors, she's the one. And I wonder if she has a force power sort of like they did in the EU where you could sort of dampen your force presence to keep your, your presence smaller to avoid detection. That must be the case because if they're constantly going after Ezra and Kanan, they know, it appears they know of her but probably to them, she's more of a ghost than an actual presence, whereas they can actually pick up Canon and Ezra. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and you think so that, that would make sense. Um, yeah. You, you think that like Vader would maybe know or, or be able to sense her presence before um, Siege of Lothal. Okay. So okay. I, I think well, you might be right, Pete, that she can somehow, uh, you know, kind of make herself unknown. She's got to trick up her sleeve. Okay, yeah. now now wait a minute. He must know because remember in first season 
he did sense her and he goes to Palpatine saying the the Padawan of, of Anakin Skywalker is alive. So he must she fainted at that point, and that was the point in which did she know that was Anakin underneath the mask or not? Well that was the beginning of season two, I believe. Right. Be, whichever season, sorry, I've got my yeah. But, yeah, no, my I just want to make sure I had it straight in my head as well. No, yeah. Yeah, so the, it has to be something to where that she somehow, like I said, to, to the Inquisitor, she's a ghost. She's a present that there's the possibility she's there. We have to go find her. Anakin probably has a feeling she's out there. But it was at that point in which he now knows she's there. Mm-hmm. And now the Inquisitors are actually hunting her. And the only way to get to her, and does wasn't, didn't they also bring that up? And wasn't it the Seventh Sister asking about... Um, Oh, they were asking the code name for Ahsoka because they were they specifically call it out within the, the season two. Oh, I can't remember because they don't use that anymore. Uh, I feel like it started with a P. Fulcrum. Fulcrum. That's yeah. it. Fulcrum. 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 Yeah, that one. Yeah. Well, you could still get <laughs> P, still get an F out of PH. Yeah, I was close. Yeah, there you go. You're close. P-H-U-L-C-R-U-M. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're close. But one, one it, more little comment on the uh, on the, the scene with Anakin um, before we move on. I think it was cool how you know his fighting style felt very realistic, and that's because they actually used uh, old behind the scenes uh, source footage of uh, Hayden Christensen and uh, Nick Gallard uh, training uh, in the in the Rots era time frame. Uh, my, my guess is that it, the episode guide says it's for uh, video games. My guess is they were probably doing this uh, for episode three of the game. That would be my guess as well. But uh, it, it's really cool, and it, and it definitely feels like Hayden Christensen, uh, which I appreciate. I, hate to say I, I don't know if we it, mentioned it. it. I, I like seeing Matt Lanter back as Anakin as well. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and also, I'm sorry I laughed because I like the episode three, the game. It sounds like Spaceballs, the search for more <laughs> money. Sorry. Just, sorry, yeah. that that crossed my mind. I'm sorry. Merchandising. 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 Speaking sorry. of yogurt. <laughs> okay, I'm very curious how you're going to make this transition. Yeah, let's see how you're going to do this. Well, there's nothing. There's not nothing that crazy about it. So, the crew decide that the best way to solve this is to go back to Lothal and meditate on. Uh, how to avoid the Inquisitors, at which point Ezra kind of is like, oh, by the way, we should talk to Yoda. Mm. Yoda, yogurt, there's something there. Got it. That's no, where, that's where I was going. That worked. And like Kanan's like, wait, you talked to you talked to Yoda? Are you, are you sure? The, the green guy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but at that point, when he talked to him, he was, was, he was little lights. He was more uh, just a voice. We get right. something very different this time around when they finally go see him. But here's, here's another thing. Why has Lothal become so important? Why are they always going back there? Has that ever really kind of been the, the dots connected of why that is the place? I think they've mentioned in the past that Lothal does have a, a lot of importance to the galaxy um, from the Empire wanting to mine there and the kind of the rebellion starting there to the mm-hmm. fact that there was a Jedi temple. Uh, and it, it might not be a coincidence, you know, that the, there is a Jedi temple on this planet where uh, all this other... Uh, activity is happening mm-hmm. it's it could be for a reason so 
Interesting. I'm trying to remember, you know, maybe you guys, when you guys remember better than me, but I, I, I don't think they've ever explicitly stated why, but it is an mm-hmm. important planet. I, as far as, sorry, I was gonna say, as far as I'm concerned, I feel like one of the things they're really pushing on in the new canon is this idea and the importance of Jedi temples. We've got Mm -hmm. Luke on the Jedi, the first Jedi temple at the end of the force awakens. Tarkin has that discussion about a Sith temple beneath the old Jedi temple and rebels is really harping on this Jedi temple on Lothal as well. And so I think that's one of the big things that's going to be slowly revealed over time is, uh, what these je- what the role of these temples really is in the galaxy and the flow of the force and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like the force on some of these planets have, has its own gravity that pulls events and people to them, um, and especially yeah. with the planets that have the temples on them, like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of temples, and I find this interesting when they finally get to Lothal, it, it's like Ezra when they get in front of the temple, Ezra was kind of expecting Ahsoka to help lift it. And it's fascinating because she backs off because she's like, she's not a Jedi anymore. You know, is it, she still can use the force. And you had Kanan and Ezra lifting the temple and she was kind of just like standing there. Now, I wonder if, sorry. No, go ahead. No, I I, something we were talking about earlier. I wonder if that's why the Inquisitors don't pick up on her is because she doesn't use the force. If she's doing but everything we've, she we've can. Seen her uh, well, no, you're right. Oh, no, no, no. I get it. I get it. I'm sorry. I get it now. I get what you're saying. Okay. Because she uses it so sparingly. Yeah. Interesting. And the, uh, the, the view that I had on that was basically that since she was a Jedi, she respected the traditions of the Jedi, even though she had a major disagreement with them and left that it's, it's basically like a religious, a religious ritual and she wouldn't feel right about doing it it's something it. that even though she doesn't practice it anymore she still holds sake that's sort of sacred that that actually is a good explanation you know but then again there really aren't that many jedi left so uh it's fascinating i mean that that that's a splitting hairs thing so mm-hmm. you know the other thing i found interesting is this was actually very cool. When they lifted the temple, there was a second door. And you saw the one that Ezra originally entered, but then it goes deeper. And it was funny because I think Ezra kind of looked at Kanan and Kanan was just like, well, you know, a new problem. Hey, a new door, <laughs> which <laughs> which kind of makes sense. I'm curious to learn more about this temple. What, what's the purpose of it? Why do they have multiple hidden entrances um on this planet is it intended to be more of a place to go uh meditate learn a lesson that sort of thing or is mm-hmm. it um you know just a very strangely designed temple where you you have to use the force <laughs> to reveal the entrance but that way there's a, as another entrance that you didn't notice before and you know how many entrances are there how many different is it mm-hmm. just trials i don't know i'm very curious yeah it the the impression I got from basically what they did was the lower level is like the much more ancient mm-hmm. sort of the the original sort of building level of the of. Jedi Temple and then that was sort of built on top of as you were talking about Tom and you, that's sort of suggested by like everything's carved out of the rock like this what looks like sort of emulations of the Jedi Council chairs are sort of around the center circle there carved out of the mm-hmm. rock and then also the cave paintings. 
Hmm. Yeah. I didn't even notice those. Yeah, it's, it's, there's in the concept art if you go on, there's like uh, wolves and there's uh, characters that sort of look like the the beta fish Jedi we saw in the last season of the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. It, it's got they've got like characters with sort of head tentacles coming off the back of them that are riding the giant wolf creature things. Interesting. But once they're inside the temple, they kind of do what Jedi seem to do all the time, which is they kind of gather in a circle and begin to meditate. Which I was a little unsure about at first because I wasn't like, okay, this isn't particularly exciting. But I have to say, I'm actually pretty happy with the direction they ended up going with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was interesting because it seemed like each one of them had their own their own vision that they had to do, and it was nice how they had it like peel off because when when they all three sat down to meditate, I just found it fascinating. Kanan was the first one to see it. Mm-hmm. That he was the first one to actually see, you know, a vision. And he just – and the other thing that's interesting is you've got, you know, Ezra going, wait, I don't see it. Ahsoka, I don't see it. And he disappears and then Ezra's like, well, where would he go? And Kanan goes right into a Jedi dojo with a lone temple guard inside. Right. And this is where things I think get, get really interesting. Uh, all three of the visions they experienced were – absolutely fascinating you know th- this this, t- this jedi temple guard starts telling uh or asking kanan you know how he can defeat vader and the inquisitors and he basically tells him hey if you try to fight this you're gonna fail you'll d- you'll die your apprentice will become uh will turn to the dark side he'll become a servant of evil uh it's kind of very paints a very bleak picture and mm-hmm. he basically says the only the only way to avoid this is to p- pretty much eliminate ezra uh, yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting because there's so there, this sequence is kind of cut into two. Is you know the, the episode cuts back and forth between the various characters, and the first half is definitely like you need to kill Ezra before he becomes something evil, mm-hmm. and then the second half I thought was something completely different with a different outcome altogether. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we, let's let's just you know discuss the whole thing while we're while we're at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, there's no need to go linearly. Uh, he pulls out his. You know, the the second piece basically, in the the end of the first, is a is a big lightsaber fight, uh, and I have to say the the folding double bladed lightsaber that the temple guard has is pretty awesome. It's also yellow, mm-hmm. uh, but I love how he just like the lightsaber is like folded in half, and he just like flicks it open uh, to to to, to put, piece together the, the the big double bladed lightsaber, and, uh, and and then that's when they they have their big fight. Uh, you know, he's just kind of Kanan's uh, basically losing and keeps getting you know pushed back and back, and he's taunting him and and, and that's when Kanan kind of his back's up against the wall and there's all these lightsabers on the shelves and he, he he moves his hand around trying to find it and picks up a red lightsaber accidentally he doesn't know it till he turns on the blade and he kind of has this annoyed look on his face like of course mm-hmm. I picked the red lightsaber right <laughs> well the mm-hmm. other thing the other thing that's funny is through all the taunting it's like the guard does look at him and say look you know you he he taunts him about his fighting style you know? uh, mm-hmm. about that. yeah he taunts him about the fighting style but I love the comeback of Kanan it's like you know what I know enough but I did find that interesting he picks up a red lightsaber. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't know. Like, is there meaning to that? No, no, no it's it just purely it's fascinating. But he, okay. he, well, yeah. he was he was obviously annoyed 
uh, yeah. by his accidental uh, choice in weapons. Mm-hmm. Though I, I do think it is symbolic because fighting against that is sort of the dark side. It's the lesson that, that Luke mm-hmm. failed to learn when he went in the cave. He took the weapons with him when he shouldn't have. It's the lesson that Yoda learned in the Clone Wars when he faced the dark version of himself. Right. There's a certain acceptance that the Jedi have to take into themselves. And, and it's not fighting against sort of the, the stream of the Force. It's accepting the will of the Force mm-hmm. and going on from there. And that's and, sort of where the fight turns when it can finally reaches that point of acceptance. Yeah, right. yeah. He, he kind of right. realizes... You know that that he and Ezra can't fight forever, and he he basically surrenders and says, you know, I know I can't protect Ezra forever. All I can do is train him the <coughs> the best uh, I can. <coughs> and then you know he he's he's sitting there basically at the mercy of the temple guard, and this was cool. The temple guard just knights him. Just- totally. Just like in the Gendy Tartakovsky series. Yeah, which is so cool. Where he says, by the right of the council, by the will of the force. The only thing he didn't say was, dub the I do Jedi Knight of the Republic. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was it was a great moment and completely unexpected because it looks like he's going to del- you know deliver the killing blow. Yeah. His lightsaber raised. And instead, but, but you know, here, Kane is kneeling on the ground. He just knights him. Mm-hmm. But uh, here's the other thing. Here, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Here's the other thing that was totally unexpected. When the guard oh, takes oh, off the mat, I, I, I know you're going. Ah! Before you get there, I, I want to ah. ask um, <laughs> Pete. Why do you ah! think? Why do you think they knighted uh, Kanan at, at this point? Uh, I, I think the motivation uh, behind it. I think it's some closure to Kanan's arc that we've seen in the show and in the the comic book series and in the novel, A New Dawn. He's he it, his growth basically retarded for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, with the fall of the Jedi, and it's it's where his character was going, and so to reach that point is an important step for him, uh, to at least give him I think some peace of mind for himself, that he he is doing the right thing, he's on the right path, he's done the best he could, and he's he's earned it, and he has to accept the fact that he is now ready to embrace both what he was and what he is now. Yeah, yeah, I, that was my read of it as well. How much of this is, how much of this, this, all these visions, these experiences are, are reality or, or, or something cl- close to reality? And how much is, you know, the force or Yoda or someone? Because I, th- I think, uh, I think Henry Gilroy said that all the visions were orchestrated by Yoda. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how how much is truth and how much is fiction? Because I think the next thing that Tom is just itching to say. Will raise yeah. a lot of questions in the minds of uh, of fans. It it raises a lot of questions because Dave Filoni did say this character was seen before. So mm-hmm. after Kanan gets knighted, the mask comes off and it ends up being the Grand Inquisitor. He was the Temple Guard. Mind blown. Yeah, that <laughs> that was just like I. I didn't say an expletive, but I did yell something really loud, like I, no way. Yeah, I I, sh- I shouted what when I was I was all by myself yep. watching. I was like what? And I jumped to the edge yeah. of my seat and I just stayed there for the rest of the episode. It was, yeah, it, it was crazy. I was not expecting that at all. Very yeah. very unexpected. Yeah, very unexpected. But do you think now? Now here's the thing to where it's like, Floney said we've seen him before. Uh-huh. 
do you think that was a, 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 the truth that technically he was one of the temple guards or do you think it was just one of those things where it was like it's a cop out just to blow our mind saying you know because really if he was under a mask anybody could have been under the mask it didn't have to be the grand inquisitor eh? so i i feel like they kind of answer this question in rebels recon again okay again I am sorry uh, no, for all those who are listening to the episode. I have not seen Rebels Recon. I totally apologize. I'm very I good at it, okay. but I didn't. Okay. So, and I, I'm not sure it completely uh, disconfirms. One of the things they talk about is when they were coming up with the idea of the Inquisitors, they were trying to figure out what was the background of these, these Inquisitors. Where did they come from? And they said the Inquisitors definitely came kind of out of the remnants of the Jedi Order. Now, that doesn't mean that the Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor was definitely a Temple Guard, but I feel like it's pretty close to implying that mm-hmm. that is the case mm-hmm. right well especially with dave Filoni's comments that we have seen him in the clone wars and right it feels kind of cheap in some ways to say oh yeah you saw him he was the temple guard that didn't say anything was hanging out in mm-hmm. the background but guess what he's the grand inquisitor uh and yet right. i'm also it's kind of it's kind of cool and i really want to know one why did he how did he turn to the dark side why did he turn, turn to the dark side and two um, is this a vision uh, where Yoda is just showing Kanan that uh, the Inquisitor used to be a Temple Guard, or is that actually the I don't know the the, the Force Ghost of the of the Inquisitor almost kind of having a change of heart because he even offers to protect Kanan against mm-hmm. the oncoming Inquisitors, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What do you? Uh, how much truth is here? What do you guys think? I I think it's I think it's totally true. I think he was definitely a Temple Guard. I think that's one of the reasons we never got a name for him is because the Temple Guards are anonymous anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, it fits perfectly with the idea that the dark side corrupts because it means that at some point, either before Order 66, during Order 66, or after, Vader or the Emperor corrupted this guy. And mm-hmm. it could have been, been someone that Anakin inspired with maybe when he was at the Temple because they were like great fighters. Um, it could have been someone that he fought during the siege of the temple. And mm-hmm. once he was beaten, he gave him the choice to either convert or die. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, it, it, there's a lot of interesting possibilities, but I think it's totally true. And I, I believe crazy Yoda's hollow deck force vision thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and also I, I do look at it as most of the inquisitors are probably the leftover Jedi. And really when you have nothing to basically go after like a Jedi, what are you going to go for? The easiest thing. And if the dark side is the easiest path to go on, then, of course, they're going to go to the dark side. But does this open now the possibility of Barris Ophi being an Inquisitor? Oh, that's a whole other can of worms. I mean, that's been the, that's I know been that's the a can of worms. For a long time, that, right? Yeah, that, that's a can of worms. But, you know, they've never, and they don't have to, address what happened to her. The last time we saw her was, you know, being taken away by the Temple Guards. I, I like to think that Palpatine keeps her in a cage by the throne and just tortures her all day for his own amusement. Kind of like you okay. guys do at the end of the episodes. With Womp Rat. We, with a womp rat. we would yeah. never do that. Yes. So you're saying basically a Womp Rat. Yeah, she's Palpatine's Womp Rat. Okay. Oh, too uh, funny. <laughs> too, too funny. Uh, well. Okay. So, so if that wasn't interesting enough, we also had a great little moment with... Uh, 
Let's, let's talk about uh, let's, well, let's I think Ahsoka we should take first. the visions. Yeah. Yeah, I think we take the visions and then we go back. So, to like, so Ahsoka uh, is I mean, she's the the third one uh to disappear, but let's let's take mm-hmm. her first. No, I I agree. Uh, yeah. She uh she's she's by herself and suddenly Anakin appears behind her and we get this very interesting uh, uh, speech for and conversation between the two of them where uh, Anakin asks her, you know, Ahsoka, why did you leave? And he, he, you know, basically calls her out for being selfish and for abandoning mm-hmm. him and failing him. And he says, you know, from the, uh, as we know from the trailer, do you know what I've become? And then his appearance shifts from, you know, the Anakin we know and love into Darth Vader. And you can just see the horror on mm-hmm. Ahsoka's face and the sadness. Mm-hmm. Well, she's so sad. She pulls her lightsabers and she's like ready to ready to start fighting and she's crying. My biggest thing, though, you know, I don't see what she did as being selfish when she she didn't abandon him. He misunderstood it. And I see Ahsoka's point of view. The Jedi Order abandoned her. I So I wonder. So first of all, was this again Yoda speaking to Ahsoka? Or was this actually Vader speaking to Ahsoka? I I think it was neither, actually. I think it was Ahsoka speaking to herself. Of the three visions, I think this one was the most internal. Because everything, if you look at what the vision of Anakin says, it's more of Ahsoka's guilty conscience than what Anakin yeah. would say in that situation. Because mm-hmm. if they had worked together and talked and hung out after she left, he knows perfectly well why she left. The questioning is within herself. And I think that's what you're seeing in that realization at the end is the culmination of all the stuff she's been going through this season, trying to figure out if what she sensed is true. It's fine. It's that allowing herself to actually believe it to be true. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you, Pete. Mm. I mean, okay. I think, uh, you know, she, it was probably orchestrated, you know, it was definitely orchestrated by Yoda, right? He, he allowed her to kind of confront her, her inner fears. Um, and insecurities, but it, it, yeah, it's it's definitely she feels like she failed, and so when Anakin is talking to her, it's actually uh, her herself. Um, but it was such a, a powerful scene, and mm-hmm. it was very very well done. Loved seeing mm-hmm. uh, Anakin back, and and Matt Lanter playing uh, as we mentioned earlier, Matt Lanter playing Anakin uh, once again, finally talking with. Uh, Ashley Eckstein as Ahsoka. It was great to have mm-hmm. both of them back. Okay, so throw this question out there. Do you think at this point um, she will tell Kanan who Darth Vader is, or do you think she's going to... Because I doubt she'll tell Ezra, but do you think she'll tell Kanan? That's tough. Maybe. Because <laughs> you have to look at it this way. If she hides it, I think between Kanan and Ezra, Kanan would feel that there's something wrong. Ezra, I don't think is, although he's growing in the forest, I don't think he'd be the one to pick it up faster or sooner than Kanan would. Right. Hmm. I mean, I, I hope she would tell him, keeping that secret. I don't know what good that does. Mm-hmm. But uh... it would it would be interesting from the storylines at that point, but. It would have to come out at some point, but you would also have to figure this. The characters, 
I would have to say at this point, as soon as they figure out the identity of Darth Vader, they're gone. There's no way they can continue on from that point. Those characters have to get into a fight and they'll join the force at some point. Yeah. Yep. Everyone's okay. going to die. That's a happy thought. Yep. Well, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how, well, but okay. Now we've got Kanan and Ahsoka out of the way. Now we go to Ezra's vision. He's the one that goes face to face with Yoda. And this time it wasn't by way of just lights or a actual voice. This was the actual Yoda. Now, what did you guys think of this physical form to Yoda compared to what we've seen in the Clone Wars? And anybody else a little bit taken aback by this look of Yoda in the series like I was? It was not how I would have preferred to have seen it, I think, I'd say. I mean, it, it's, it's the Macquarie, uh, early co- Macquarie, Ralph Macquarie concept mm-hmm. style of Yoda, which is cool to see from a, a fan perspective, where you're like, oh, that's the original Macquarie concept art. Uh, mm-hmm. It didn't quite look like Yoda. I don't know if I just got used to it because they, they showed off uh, a preview of what he looked like uh, before the episode aired. And so maybe I just got committed to it. When I watched the episode, it didn't actually bother me that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also could be because they're in this vision dream state type thing where it doesn't have to be accurate. But oh, uh, very true. Uh, it, it didn't didn't bother me as as, as much. Uh, although I know Stephen, you said it, it kind of you weren't a fan. Pete, how about you? Uh, I'll be the, I'll be the the definite not a fan. I thought it sucked. To be frank. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Des- I didn't like the design at all. Actually, mm. yeah. It just. It didn't really seem to fit with the other character models in the show. Is one thing. Um, it didn't fit with the previous portrayals of Yoda, and going through the the stuff on StarWars.com and the concept art that they had and the maquette they had for it, the maquette looks a lot better and actually looks different than the final uh, animation render. So I'm just not a huge fan of that particular design. Yeah. For sure. At least it was Frank Oz. Oh, I mean, it's we, always, we got the I love Frank Oz. Yeah, it's it's always the best. I mean, they've they've had most of the major actors do a cameo, <laughs> at least the ones that made sense for this time mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that aren't too old or something to right. play the character. Uh, right. I don't know. It'd be great to get some John Williams in there as well, doing a little piece. But that probably <laughs> Kevin Kiner does a, <laughs> does a great job too. Now, the one thing that confused me about this whole Yoda sequence, um, when we saw him previously as the little glowy ball things, I'm pretty sure that Filoni and the, the folks on the show said that they didn't want Yoda to be able to communicate that clearly across space and time. It was sort of, that was sort of the best he could do. Yeah. And now we're seeing him fully realize. And that was just kind of, it seemed a little disjointed to what they had previously said to me. But but I think in this case it's explain, it's explained away because Yoda does say to Ezra, "Growing your abilities are and with them, danger." So Ezra must have the ability. He's growing so strong that at this point in his training, he's able to conjure up a figure of Yoda. Right. I think because they're also in this Jedi temple, and you know, it'd be uh, you know maybe it allows him to appear easier. And I guess by using the Macquarie art version of, of Yoda, 
you kind of explain away that eh, he's not really appearing to mm-hmm. Ezra. It's like it's like a cartoon version of him. It's not his mm-hmm. his real self. I don't know. So they're basically like right against the Wi-Fi router, and the temple's the router, basically. So they're getting they're getting that good signal. I guess. So. Yeah, they're only getting like 120 k, you know, kilobits, instead of a good T1 line. Yeah. A little pixelated there, but it's getting, getting more visual. Yeah. You, you get the gist. It's Yoda. Yeah. Uh, but the the interesting thing about this whole scene is like, I wouldn't, I don't feel like this with, with Yoda. There weren't any big revelations like with. Kanan or the emotional side like with Ahsoka this one was much more about I, th- I would say a warning and advice and mm-hmm. uh, and kind of catching up Ezra on, on everything that's happened in the past mm-hmm. and right before he goes and talks to Yoda uh, he and Ahsoka chat about how uh, you know, he asks Ahsoka what Yoda was like and she says that you know he was happy once during the but he with the, with the during the Clone War he he became filled with sorrow um and uh and then when we we see him later we actually get a uh we actually see clips of you know uh, footage taken directly from attack of the clones with the, that was so cool which was the, the clone troopers an animated show mm-hmm. that uh, panoclone was interesting yeah and, and, you and then you had jedi fighting it kind of fit even mm-hmm. though they lifted it directly from uh from the film <laughs> I don't know. I, they definitely applied a heavy filter, I thought, which which it helped. It was a little off, but but it but it worked. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Yeah. Oh, I think the thing that took me out of it the most is I just know the film so well. I'm like, there, that's that's a scene from the film. It, like it was more like <laughs> watching a trailer than, uh, you know, <laughs> 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 had they just done some clones. But it was kind of cool. You gotta pull out the DVD player. Okay, this is what we're gonna watch right now. Fast forward, right, fast forward. Right. Here you go. So uh, at uh, two hours into this, uh, the uh, <laughs> no. I thought that was cool because that's they they you know I like that sort of the force vision kind of effect that they did. Something they did something similar in the Clone Wars, even though it wasn't li- lifting the the film footage directly, but it was a similar kind of effect. And I really actually think that effect is kind of effective. It gives you sort of. Uh, a view of what the Jedi would see and why it's kind of confusing because it, you can sort of make out what it is, but you you aren't entirely sure what you're seeing. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. It was mm-hmm. very well done. And and I think this was interesting too. Yoda admits that you know he is he's afraid, right? And he talks about how fear is like one of the the biggest challenges to deal with uh, your whole life, um, and how. You know, obviously we know his famous line that fear is the path to the dark side, but he says it's something that that people struggle with, uh, and it's a constant battle. Um, and, you know, he, again, he admits that he himself is is consumed by it. Well, but it also remember in the lost episodes you saw him fight himself, mm-hmm. and in the end of that, and and that's the thing at the end of the episode when you got to the lost episodes, you got the feeling after he defeated that fear in himself. He was at peace because if I remember correct, didn't it end with him by that tree within the temple and they were all like looking at him and and he had like this, this, it it was almost like, I think we were reading at the time into him that he knew the Clone Wars were coming to an end and he was at peace that this is how it was going to be. Yeah. I I remember Mm -hmm. discussing that when, when we were doing, uh, we talk clones or at some point. Yeah. So it it kind of. It kind of made sense. But this is the next thing I found interesting since since that whole thing with Ezra 
happen. I'm going to jump a little bit because at a certain point, the seventh sister and fifth brother come in to open the temple. What I found interesting about this, it looked like they struggled to get that temple open compared to Canaan and Ezra, almost like they were at ease to open it. You think it's because they are dark side users and the temple just didn't fit and kind of fought them to open? Uh, Tom? Crazy theory. That's not how the force works. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, I've been oh, waiting for you to do something like that. But, uh, thank no. you. Thank you. That actually, good timing. No, I, I think, <laughs> as we kind of discussed earlier, uh, Ahsoka just didn't want to open it for whatever reason. Oh, yeah. She was fully capable, but she just didn't want to, and the Inquisitors didn't have any qualms about uh, lifting up the, the temple. Uh, they look uh, like they struggled a little bit. I, well, I they didn't have any hesitation, about. right? They right. they were able to do it, for sure. Um, but uh... The really cool thing about that, though, was that the, the landscape changed when they did it. The like the like I don't know what you call it, the the indentations on the ground around the temple changed colors and they started activating red as they were using the dark side to force open the temple. That, then that shot, I, I loved it. You're totally yeah, right. Yeah, that actually was, it was that, awesome. That, that, over the, that shot from the top of the temple looking down on the ground with all the inquisitors, the two inquisitors, and, and you could see all the red lines and circles. It was like very beautifully shot. Yeah, it was the crop circles in the ground. Yeah. But they, uh, they, they start to enter the temple and, and things are falling apart. Uh, and so that's when Yoda basically gives uh, Ezra kind of one last piece of advice saying, you know, the, the real question is how the Jedi choose to win. Um, yeah, you know, cause he, cause Ezra doesn't know how they're supposed to win if, if Jedi shouldn't mm-hmm. fight. And then, uh, and then he tells Ezra to find Malachor and vanishes. That's a big one. So, a yeah. really, really big one. Okay, Steven, you want to? Okay, I was going to say. Do I get name... to... Okay. Yeah, that's a name drop, if I understand correctly. So Malachor is uh, at the crux of Knights of the Old Republic two, and specifically, is it Malachor seven? I believe. Uh, five. 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 Malachor five. Okay. I was going back and forth between five and seven. I guessed wrong. <laughs> but the story is you've got the exile, who's the main character of Kotor two, who was part of such a huge battle during uh, the Battle of Malachor V that the planet itself is warped and twisted in the Force. And there's a Sith Academy there, and it's it's essentially a place of great, great Force distress, I'd say. And so when we talk about things like Jedi, the Jedi Temple or things like Mortis, Malachor is kind of up on the same plane in terms of how important it is to the mythology of the force and so the idea that ezra needs to go find it is well a really big deal i can't wait i suspect that's going to be the last three episodes of the season Uh, a two-parter and the one before that uh will all be set on on malachor or the the search for malachor um, yeah, and it makes me hope that we're actually going to see. I I had to look it up because I couldn't remember the name of it, but the Treyas Academy. I wonder if that's going to be that sort of that underground looking place that we see in the, the trailer oh, for the end of the season. That would be amazing. That'd be pretty sick. And and that's where we meet the um, the return of somebody, right? Because I'm not I'm not too up on Malachor. I I was never playing those games, so. 
such a good game. But uh, but I believe you're talking about Darth Maul, the yes. rumored return of Darth Maul. Yes, the rumored return of him in the trailer. It's not much of a rumor. I... <laughs> That's right. I totally forgot that was in the trailer. It's been so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where we'll see the the precursor to Kylo Ren's lightsaber that that Ezra picks up. Oh yeah. Yeah, wasn't wasn't that in a a, a temple dojo I think that... type? environment too or or maybe i'm wrong there trying to it might have been a dojo it might have been a dojo on malcor um that could be it yeah. i be thought he was in a brighter room but maybe i'm remembering incorrectly but either way remember. the the inquisitors kind of raid the temple and uh and the the grand inquisitor the jedi temple guard has a i don't want to say it's a change of heart because he's a He's he's probably you know a, a force vision created by Yoda, but he basically protects Kanan mm-hmm. and uh, and Ezra and Ahsoka and distracts the uh, the other Inquisitors uh, as they arrive. Uh, and it's it's a very interesting scene where you know they enter the room and the Grand Inquisitor w- walks up and they're they're shocked to see who it is. Um, and then and then they start spinning their lightsabers and get. Get yeah. surrounded, and then the, the temple guards, yeah, they surround them and they kind of like mm-hmm. close in on them in the in a circle, and then it just turns into a flash of light. Um, very interesting. I'm not sure what they did or, or how it worked. Um, but could it, it just it for the different. second they're at the blinding light, knocked them out, so that way it gives them Ezra, Kanan, and Ahsoka time to escape. The one character we completely left out of the episode because he was minor was Chopper. In the Phantom, yeah, he basically just you know hit didn't the transported and him, came back, and yeah. picked him up, and he, he yeah he just transported, yeah, just a little bit of work, yeah. Uh, but I also he I got also his really paycheck. Enjoyed the the little uh, uh, you know the the scene between Ahsoka and Yoda at the very end as they're as they're running through the uh, this cave to get out of there at the of the of the temple. Ahsoka looks back and she sees Yoda just sitting there and he kind of smiles and waves and she smiles back. And it's a nice little touching moment for the two characters who, who have known each other for so long. Cause you know, mm-hmm. Ezra doesn't know who Yoda is. He, 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 aside from like, you know, he's, he's heard stories, but he doesn't have that emotional connection uh, and that, that friendship with, uh, with Yoda that, that Ahsoka has. So it's kind of nice to see, you know, the, the, the the old Padon kind of turn back and, and look at her master and and see him and I, I enjoyed that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the surprise at the end, Vader arrives and uh, decides that uh, you know the the fact that the Jedi are growing in their power will be their undoing. He says that line an awful lot, doesn't he? It's always that will be their undoing. So (laughs) it may be, you know, but there is one thing, you know, very interesting that you've got Ezra on the, on the ghost with Ahsoka and they're like, okay, they're trying to figure out Malachor. And it's like, Ezra goes, find Malachor. And he goes, who's Malachor? And that's when Ahsoka says, not a, it's not a who it's a place. Mm -hmm. So it's actually educating him. It's like, it's not a guy. We have to go somewhere. And and that's for all the people too, who aren't familiar with the, uh, very true the the game and the, the name of the planet and that sort of thing so they kind of do a little bit of explanation like me 
<laughs> I didn't play the game. It, it's Sorry. a bit of an inversion of the the Lando system line from Empire Strikes Back as well. Oh, you yeah, there you go. Good it. one. Completely right. I I didn't catch that at all either. Good call. He's not a system. He's a man. Yeah, there you go. Fantastic. So, yeah. So, are we ready for uh, reviews on this one? Let's do it. Uh... Okay. Uh, Pete, why don't you go first? All right. Um, I, as we talked about, it was a really interesting episode. I thought I, I love these sort of the Force lore, uh, Jedi lore kind of episodes. Um, so I would have to give this eight point five Barrasophie Womp Rats under my chair. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> wow. You went straight to it, didn't you? <laughs> yes, I did. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. Um, Tom, you know why don't you go next? Yeah, I was going to say, I was going <laughs> to volunteer to go next. I enjoyed the episode. Um, you know what? It, even though it was a little bit, oh, let's say an educational episode with forced history and you know, it was the interaction between the characters and to see the three different lines of thought go through this, which each experience with the visions. I enjoyed that. The uh, best thing about it was the the reveal of the Grand Inquisitor was the one that we you were like, what? So good episode. Enjoyed it. I am also well, I'm going to give this one a nine. Uh, I am going to take my nine Womp Rats. I am going to have them be. They are going to be the temple guards. They are going to have the pleasure of – actually, they're going to be one of the temple guards. They're going to have all nine of them stacked on top of each other, battling the Inquisitors. And the other ones, they're the forest visions. Okay. So. Interesting. Okay. Steven, you go next. Oh, this is kind of a tough one. Well – so I think I'm going to have to give the episode an 8 out of a 10. Uh, it was a little bit exposition heavy. And some pieces I wasn't as impressed with, particularly uh, Ezra's vision. I felt like it was kind of lacking a little bit. But I thought Kanan's more than made up for it. And Ahsoka's was also pretty fantastic. So uh, definitely a solid 8 out of 10. Good episode. Um, as far as what I'm going to do to my Womp Rats, though, this is, uh, this is tough. I feel like you've taken all the good ones already. Hmm. No, there's plenty. There's plenty to, to I, torture them with. I know, but like I'm, you know, it's got to be something good. It's got to be something witty. Just raise the temple up another level and find that extra torture chamber <laughs> down below. There I, you go. I, mean, I, I was. <laughs> I I think I'm like something similar, which is, you know, this is so the inquisitors were obviously able to raise the temple as well. Mm-hmm. It's not because they're using the force to actually lift the temple. It's huge. You know, it, it it's too big to lift. What actually happens is they're reaching out with the force to a bunch of womp rats that are running a little wheel, and they, just, they run in circles and push the little cog around, and it slowly raises the temple up. So eight really eight. tiny womp rats are lifting up this huge temple. Yep. Okay, works for okay. me. It's you know it's the power. power gears. I like that. That was good. That was good. Uh, sorry. They just updated the Star Wars app with some new Force Awakens sound effects. And now I feel like I have to be Mark Herleman and play a couple. Anyway, back oh. to the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I believe it's your turn, Will. Yeah, it's your turn. I guess it is. Um, 
Uh, you know what? I'm gonna give this a nine as well. Um, I you know I don't I I love the these kind of episodes. We got a lot of. Uh... No, you know what? I'll do nine point five. Why not? Um, wow. Perfect. No, but this was this was a really great episode. We got some nice surprises. Uh, I love the reveal of the Inquisitor. Uh, I I was cause, you know, I said you know what? when I watched the first time I was on the edge of my seat literally. Uh, I feel like that should give it a nine and a half uh, automatically. Um, I, uh, you know, I was kind of, kind of half lying down on the couch and I just sat up straight and jumped on the edge of the seat. So, uh, I feel like it's, it's deserving of a nine and a half. Um, great episode. So great to see all these classic characters reunited. We had Darth Vader, we had Yoda, we had, uh, Anakin, uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, not perfect, but you know, really, really, really enjoyed it. And I think I am going to, uh, well, so when, when Ahsoka is talking to, to Anakin, he says, do you know what I've become? What actually happened in the original version of the script is, instead of Darth Vader, he said, do you know what I've become? And then nine and a half Womp Rats rushed out uh, and surrounded us. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, Interesting. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, Anakin has actually become a bunch of Womp Rats, not Darth Vader. Wow. Very interesting. Okay. So, coming up on the next on Canon podcast. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was going to be. Okay. It's been one of those days, folks. <laughs> coming up on the Ion Canon <laughs> podcast, we'll be reviewing Rebels Season 2, Episode 17, The Forgotten Droid. Synopsis reads Accidentally abandoned at an outpost during a hasty escape, Chopper stows away on an Imperial freighter where he befriends an Imperial navigation droid recruiting him to the rebel cause and receiving his help in finding a location for a much needed rebel base. So definitely sounds like a change of pace. Um, it certainly looks like a change of pace. But we'll and see. they're not going to Malachor anytime soon, at least in this episode. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see what it, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I like chopper. This will be the chopper episode. Uh, let's Yeah. Kind of reserve judgment till we uh, till we see the episode. Cool, but uh, it's um, be fun, and that's going to be in a week uh, as we're recording this because they took a week off, uh, so the show will resume on the sixteenth. Cool, Pete. Thank you so much for uh, joining us this week. It's been a pleasure to talk to you as always. Thank you very much, guys. It was about as fun as running from Inquisitors. So uh, I hope to do it again sometime. <laughs> Oh, ouch. Oh, <laughs> I kid, I kid, I kid. Uh, you know, if I had my BB-8 here, I'd have him do sound effects, too. And, and, and <laughs> he's actually at work right now on my desk. So, No, but I, I really appreciate you guys having me on. It was a lot of fun, as usual. Very well, thank cool. You, thank you. We like having you on, too. Uh, and I guess with that, I guess we'll talk to everybody soon. Who did we yeah, lose? Um, yeah, and again, make sure to check out... Uh, Pete's work on uh, making Star Wars and uh, and many other sites, but mm-hmm. you're all over the place. Anyway, thanks again, okay. guys, and we'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spinoff films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client, Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. 
Visit our website, ioncanoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in contact with us by emailing contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production of fans by fans and is copyright 2015.